How's it going, everyone? And welcome to episode 49 of the Bench Time 49. Podcast. 49. I'm looking at the wrong thing. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that in. I'm going to leave it in. Welcome to episode 80, 98. I'm all over the place. This is not a good start for the week, guys. Welcome to episode 98. I promise it's 98. You're not, it's not an error of the Bench Time Podcast with Todd and Brett Wiley. I was looking at something else on my monitor, saw the number, and I read the number. But uh, real quick before we get started, I wanted to thank. Uh, Three new patrons that we had. I wasn't sure if I gave them a shout out on the main show. We have three new patrons, Charles, Nathan, and Walter. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it a lot. And um, like we said, as always, you guys are the reason we are able to keep this show running and doing new things as we as we grow. So with that, let's jump into this week's exciting guest. Just another guest in our continued, uh, continuing lineup of like the blockbuster October. We have Joey Ricard of TracksideScenery.com. So I'm going to have my dad bring on Joey, and then uh, we're going to talk with him for a while. Hello, Joey. Hi, guys. Hey. <laughs> Glad you could join us. We don't have a, <laughs> we don't have a couch for to sit on like it's on <laughs> Sorry, um, but uh, there's no waiting room. You've been in the waiting room here long enough, and that was really well, we weird. Had, we had you. But, do, um, we had you do the waiting room for two years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We were trying I to have you on the I show. I could have been years. contestant number one, right? <laughs> you, could have, you could have been that weekend. We were up there at the uh, at the expo at uh, Altoona at the Fine Scale Expo, and we had uh, we came up to talk to you about that, and uh, we we had no clue we where were, we were going to go with that. We were just trying to get people on the show. We went to you and Bruce Nickerson from Seaport. And uh, and Doug Fiscali and you know, a couple others, and we um, were just throwing throwing oh, whatever would stick, yeah, on the wall. And, uh, and and you know, at the time, you were you know, you and several others were like, I don't know, well, these guys, you know. <laughs> but hey, you never know, you never yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I and mean, of course, uh, we tried to get you on early. Uh, in the last year, but things have been busy and we've had, we, you and I have both had a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah. Um, but definitely, uh, we're glad to have you on. There's a lot we want to cover and talk with you about. Um, we, we love your, your, your YouTube channel and your, and your website and all your videos on how to do things. We're going to get into that today too. Very lively, but, lively videos. They don't get, they don't get, them. they're not slow they're the, at all. They're the best. They're the best. They're like, you're, you're like, you should you should take that. You should. I mean, there's people on YouTube that are making some mega money. Uh, I don't know how, how we can do that in our niche, but uh, you have the talent for it. I mean, put it that way. Um, yeah. But how how did you get started, Joe, in in doing model railroading? Where where did model railroading start for Joey? Well, it really started when I was a little kid and I was modeling, you know, like military aircraft models, World War One, World War Two, that sort of thing. I really, I like trains, but when you're real small, six, seven years old, now, of course, now kids, I don't think they build models at that age, but that's what we had to do. That and, you know, the model cars and things like that. But after a while, I guess it kind of got boring with everything sitting on a shelf. You really couldn't do anything. Right. And then I realized that model railroading gave you the opportunity to actually build a model and do something with it. Yeah. It does, and, and and you have a you have another passion aside from model railroading, as far as I can tell, is railroading itself. And yeah, I I, I worked on the railroad for much okay. of my adult life, so it all kind of blended together, sort of. Right. Yeah, I was going to say, did that 
did one spawn from the other or? Yeah, you know, I, I tell you, I had that interest in trains my whole life. Once I was, I don't know, probably eight or ten years old and I got into trains, mm-hmm. it stuck until the years where I started discovering girls and cars and sports and things like that, and it kind of waned. But in my early 20s, and this was just by, you know, coincidence, that a job opening came available in Baltimore, and I went to apply for that job and took the test and everything. Next thing you know, I was working on the railroad in uh, CSX Mechanical in Baltimore Riverside Locomotive Shop. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's uh, – so So then from uh, – are you still in that business, in the railroad no, business? No, no. Okay. No, I left the railroad in 2005 okay. to start you know, to start my business that I have now, which is printing and graphics. And, of course, mm-hmm. uh, within that, along came trackside scenery, the model railroad products. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So – uh, and we'll get we're going to get to all that a little bit uh, here real soon. Um, so with the model railroad itself, to where um, you started building layouts and stuff, was that that came did that came when you were a teenager? Did that come when you were out when you were an adult? No, I was I was really young when I started building the okay. actual scenery and models. Where where I would we grew up near the Baltimore and Ohio main line and near Garrett Park, Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I would go up there and look around and watch the trains and really stay up there all day. Now, you know, nowadays kids, kids they're not allowed to do that. <laughs> I don't think for the most part parents don't let the kids out of their sight. But when we were kids, we just left and spent the whole day, and really we did that up by the tracks. So when I went home or when it was wintertime or bad weather, I wanted that fascination with trains. So I started recreating, you know, like a, a diorama, so to speak, of the area I hung out in. And mm-hmm. that's how it started. The scenery aspect. Of yeah. It. Isn't that funny how we, you know, I remember when I was a kid, too, we just, I would play on the train tracks or not on the train <laughs> tracks, but around them, you know, or, or I'd be at the ball. I get up in the morning, I go play baseball or football or something with my buddies. And, and then, yeah. at the, you know, you didn't come back in until they called you in for dinner. And uh, yeah, uh, yeah, they had to come looking for you. Yeah. yeah. Parents didn't know yeah, where you were. The funny thing about it is when I was in first grade, I had a babysitter. And her house, the backyard, backed up right to the railroad track. So I literally spent all day out there <laughs> watching the cat, looking for the cats. Back oh, wow. then in the early 70s, it was Chessie system. So I was looking for the trains that had the cats. Ah. Right. Sure. Wow. And that was That's... a cool, that is a cool old historical railroad line, which with the old cat oh, logo on it. Yeah. Now, um, so so let's, uh, let's go from, I have... Sorry. No, I had a total blank out moment. That's fine. Yeah. I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> okay, good. You can cut that out. So I'm sure um, I'll cut a bunch of stuff out. <laughs> so now you're, you're, uh, you said you got it. You, you were in the photography business and, um, you do photography, obviously. Um, and it's not all model railroading related, I'm sure. Um, so, um, where, so where did that idea spawn from? I know you have the, um, the backdrops that you make. I saw the backdrops on Brian Wolf's layout up at. Um, oh yeah, uh, yeah, Brian. Yeah, yeah, just uh, last month, and we, I was in his basement and saw his uh, layout there. On a, he had an open house up there at uh, um, Mainline Hobby, and mm-hmm. uh, so I, I went and checked it out, and he was showing me the backdrops that you guys do, and it yeah. uh, just gorgeous, yeah, I mean, absolutely beautiful job on this so where did that come how did that come into play 
Where where did that birth? Well, when when I left the railroad, I was pursuing a career in in photography, or or my passion, taking my passion and turning it into a career when I left the railroad. It really became a printing thing because I wanted to print what I was doing. I wanted to be able to sell my you know photography, and within that, I started messing around with you know the scenery, the landscapes, and trying to figure out a way to take a regular panorama photo but turn it into something that you could use on your entire layout. And I did that on this home layout I had in my garage. And people would come over and look at it and say, oh, can you do something for me? So I started doing different versions of it. And that's where the backdrop idea came in. It was more of a, I wanted something that was more than just one photo. You know how you go on some of the sites and you see Mm -hmm. nice photos, but they have nowhere to go to the left and right. And I wanted it to be expandable and not and not have just five feet or ten feet or whatever. I wanted someone to be able to do, like some of these guys, some of these customers that I have and, and their friends as well, have hundreds of feet of backdrop. You right. know, right? Yeah, and it's such like a basement like Brian's where it just goes on and on and, and around. You know, I mean, yeah, that that definitely uh, um, you would need you would need more than just having the same printed scene over and over and over repeated. Right, exactly. And within that came other facets of of printing where I had people say, oh, if you can do this, can you do this? You know, can you do a banner? And then that would, you know, be vinyl, of course. So Mm -hmm. next thing you know, I bought a printer to be able to print vinyl banners and then business cards and flyers and greeting cards and calendars. And it just grew and grew and grew. And here we are today. And our print shop is separate from the, the model railroad products. Okay. But it's housed in the same building, and it's in the same facility. And so, and you still print all those other things that you just mentioned as well today, oh, correct? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. the core of our business. Yeah. Right, right. Now, now, how did you get into – it's totally off a, you know, an entirely different rabbit hole here that we're going down. But, but uh, where did the printing part of the business come into – for you, what, it, did you have a background just, uh, in graphic arts? Yeah, it was. Oh. I wanted to be able to print the backdrops and and you know for people. I didn't want to have to rely on outsourcing it, which okay. I did for a long time before we went live. And actually, it was six years ago this month that that I finished that website. And we went live online where we're able to sell it through the website instead of just a you know email from a customer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Wait, how many different backdrops do you, do you offer? Uh, I sell them in series, so you have a bunch of different series that look different. You have Hickory Hollow series, which is reflective of maybe the Appalachian Mountains, that sort of thing. You have desert backdrops. You have, uh, you know, just wooded tree lines that really could be anywhere in the United States. You have uh, fall backdrops, and there's there's a variety of them. And really, it's hard to explain where they all would be because I get a lot of customers that ask. I'm modeling Missouri. You know, what should I use? Uh, and a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, I'll look online to see where they live. They'll say they're, you know, in such and such Missouri. So I'll go online and look at where they're at. You know, the Google Maps, and I'll see roadside views, and I'll say, oh, the Valley Flat series would work where you're at now, or if they're in a mountainous area, you know, oh, maybe the Hickory Hollow series or the Western Timberland series. Right. But there is, and to be honest with you, I, the reason I sidestepped that question, I don't know how many different series we have. But within each series, there's approximately 20 different styles that you can mix and match together and use all within the same series. 
I see I'm, that. Look, I'm looking at that right now. You even have you you even have the availability to switch between um, series within. I guess it's within a within a. I don't know what you would call it. Yeah, You're gonna have to step in on that. Them. But yeah, not all of them, but some of them, like the Hickory, Hickory Hollow to the Valley Flats. There's a transition print that you can use. Right, the Shenandoahs uh, to Valley. And... Yeah, yeah, Shenandoah View. You know that that sort of thing. But you kind of have to look and see. You know what's available because to be honest with you, I can't even remember sometimes <laughs> which ones have transitions. <laughs> and, and you do that in, in several different scales, obviously. So you yeah. have a lot of different scales, actually. So I'm seeing we have O O N three O N three zero and O twenty seven for Lionel. You have H O H O N three. It just goes on. You have N gauges as well. So yeah, yeah narrow typically, gauges. Typically on the website, I have it listed as mm-hmm. O gauge, which is one forty eighth, H O one eighty seventh, and then one one sixtieth for N scale. But we do offer them in Z scale, S scale, G scale. But right. because we don't have the number of customers buying them online, I right. don't spend the time uploading the product information because it's a, it's a big process to do. Well, and so, I'm sure you having access to be able to print them, you know, kind of when you need to. You can probably whip up anything that someone needs for any scale, um, as long as oh, you're able absolutely. to. As long as you're able to, you know, scale it to the right size, and you can print. You can, you have to be able to print. You have. I'm sure there's limitations to your machine. You can't print over a certain size. I'm sure, but yeah, yeah, right. I, I gotta tell you, they're they're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I appreciate so. that. So, did you actually? And now, now I need to know. So when you're when you're going out, you photographed, or, or how did you? I'm guessing you photographed all of these backdrops? Yeah, well, they're not pictures or, or panoramas in a standard sense. Okay. They're derived from that, where it's really a matter of going out and shooting a scene or just a, a you know a clump of trees. But it's all layered elements that go into these backdrops. So you, some, of them, some of them you'll see, like the buildings. Those are actually the buildings as they were. Right. Others are buildings that I created from, you know, pictures of brick and that sort of thing. But most of the landscape is all created where I took out all the trees that had, you know, distracting, distracting shadows and, right. you, you know, just weird stuff within the trees. Lots of editing involved. Go, what is, yeah. That's a, that's a yeah. immense amount of editing. It sounds as if you, uh, you go that's, into one, one. Part, yeah. Yeah. Now the, so when you say you're layering, I'm looking at just for instance, I picked one, um, the Western Hills series. Uh, I noticed mm-hmm. in the front, in the foreground, there's a, you know, uh, a small blurry area, kind of blurry, where it's the ground, and then you have your trees and your foliage, and then in the background you have your kind of barren uh, scrub brush kind of um, mountains in the background. Those are all; yeah. those are different layers of within a within a photo editor, I'm sure, um, that you've yeah, put, all, that you've pieced together. Just like just like you said that, that was very observant. They're all on layers where you have the lower foreground, which is the brush, the okay. weeds, you know, bushes, that sort of thing, foreground trees, and then you have the ridge in the background, and then, of course, the sky. The nice thing about doing it that way is I'm able to tailor the right-of-way if somebody has a, uh, a layout that drops, say, five inches over the course of you know, 30 feet or something like that. I'm able to take that foreground and raise it up and lower it and stair-step it as they go. Ah. Okay. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Now, we're ready um, to lower the mountain, you know. Oh, okay. Now, I noticed, um, I, I want to say this real quick for the people that are listening. 
you can go to the website. Again, we'll we'll repeat that probably several times tonight. But uh, TracksideScenery.com. Yeah, link, go the, to their, links in the description, as always. Yeah, right. And, and we'll have the links in there in the description on our website. Um, and then, of course, you go to uh, the backdrop section. And that and that's great. You can check all these out. They're very beautiful. However, what's what, what I was going to get to next here with the, the backdrops is um, with Joey is um, on his YouTube channel, also uh, Trackside Scenery uh, on the YouTube channel. He's got how-to videos, and we'll get to more of them later, but you have some that are geared to these backdrops and how to uh, how to he how how to put them on or how to install them and You're, how to you talk uh, about how to position up. them you know wh- right get them because yeah. cause me uh, being so you're not just going to buy these and just be left in the dark Joe you you, you provide them <laughs> a way you know so right. some some companies do that you know you, you buy something right. from them and they and you're like okay well I got to figure this shit out on my own and uh, you know you're, you're you're not doing that so um, well, I I always suggest to anybody that calls or anybody that emails and they start asking questions. Go to the go to the YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash trackside scenery, mm-hmm. and watch our video be called All About Our Backdrops. All about our backdrops. And that new video it's, it's pretty recent. I, I just redid it about I want to say in the last year. But it explains how the backdrop works as repeaters where you can use each backdrop by itself and repeat it and you can mm-hmm. use the different lengths of it and use them to your blue in the face. Or you can right. use those backdrops along with every other backdrop in the series that that mm. backdrop is in. Oh, cool. And you can mix and match them like, you know, like sectional track is the easiest way to explain it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have different versions. You have your curve pieces, your different radius pieces, your terminal connector, your re-railer, your road crossing, sort of like that. You can use them all together and it doesn't matter how long they are as long as they're the same model scale and the right. same height. Okay. So yeah, it's, that's that's an amazing system. So yeah, it took a long time to figure out. The best way to it. it still confuses people to an extent, but uh-huh. I've tried to provide as much information as I could because, to be honest with you, I go by association, and I always use these when I do these videos. I try to associate my thought process with something tangible in the real world, and I use a lot of. You know, examples and, and things like that. Right. I'm even actually intrigued to what you uh, you've put up a a video that I watched a little earlier of. Uh, well, you, you didn't put it up earlier. I watched it earlier. Um, <laughs> it's 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 from four. It's from 15, so it's a couple years old. But it's the backdrop or no backdrop, and you kind of went through the uh, the. The right or wrong, you went through. There's no right or wrong way, and yeah. whether you're using a backdrop or not. And it was, it was, it was neat that you just showed uh, some examples, like to do some photorealism with a backdrop and without. It was, it was just really cool to see it. So, uh, right. I, I enjoyed that just because we like to take our models. We don't have a backdrop because ours is 360 layout, and yeah. Um, yeah. and we like to take ours outside. But it's hard sometimes to get that perspective, even when you're taking it outside to yeah. get it to look right. So I and and maybe that's something that my dad and I could look into where it's we get a piece of a backdrop and we use it for photos even outside because you're able to you're able to show a better perspective. I think, I think that's a brilliant idea. Yeah, I mean you're getting the oh, natural yeah, all, you're getting the natural light all of but the then diorama's that I have all, all of those dioramas that you'll see in mm-hmm. one of the videos it's called 
something like Fun with Dioramas. Yeah. All of those were shot outside. And even there was a magazine article I did for O'Gage Railroading Magazine, and it was the latest rendition of the layout that you saw, mm-hmm. the Spruce Cole and Timber layout. That whole series was shot outside with the backdrops. Oh. In natural sunlight. Huh. Yeah, I never thought about using a backdrop outside just for photos. I mean, it's it, oh, it's something I never thought about till I ran across your site. Uh, I always just tried to line it up with like the horizon, the, so it was a seamless transition. Um, this makes more light, sense. The light, the light is what's awesome is it'll bring yeah. everything out onto that backdrop. So yeah, sometimes it's, it's it's a challenge because you have to set the layout. This layout was fifteen feet long by fifteen feet mm. wide, so. You had to set it up in an area that you knew you were going to have a lot of sunlight before the shadows started creeping over the top of the backdrops. Right. But there's really there's nothing like natural ambient light. Oh, totally. Yeah, you can't beat it. And and it's you also can't mimic. It's really hard to mimic natural shadows uh, from the sun. It's just oh yeah, y- yeah it's yeah, it's almost impossible to. So you can, you can you can mimic early morning and and late in the evening. You know, with a nice bright. 500 watt bulb or something but you're, you're almost never going to get a bright sunny midday look right yeah we need to look into getting backdrops yeah and, and just for some for, photography for our, yeah for our photography stuff but uh yes now you also have some other stuff uh in in addition to backdrops on trackside you have some modeling products with like flats and some some small structure kits and a bunch of other things. So, uh, do you want to kind of uh, go over that really quick while we're on that? Yeah, we offer a a small lot of structure kits. They're they're smaller based kits. They're not big, you know, factory buildings that mm-hmm. sort of thing. We offer building flats, which are basically they're photographs. They're just like backdrops, except I was, they're the buildings only. I was wondering if they were paper or not because it's hard to tell. Yeah, they're on the same paper the backdrops are on, and it's professional matte finished paper. And oh, you can sweet. literally, and I'll show you this at the show, if you go to the show this weekend, um, you'll be able to hold it up, and you'll be able to, any angle at the light, you'll never get any glare off of it. That's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Well, we'll definitely going to be at the show all weekend, set up there. So that'll be great. Uh, we'll have to come over and check that out with you. Oh, yeah. We'll be, but, where, uh, we'll be with Jeff. I think we're in your Jeff, aren't we? Dead. No, we're not. We're with Kenny. Uh, we're we're so and, uh, we're, it's just we're in his little circle. They stuck us in the riffraff section. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. You know, Kenny and Bill Sartori, and yeah. Um, but you also have, in addition to your scenery um, and your flats, you have some railroad crossings, like the grade crossings, um, mm-hmm. the timber grade crossings, and uh, yeah. some other just texture prints and things like that. So uh, actually, the texture prints is what I wanted to talk with you about because. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure you know uh, Mr. Schreier. He does Foggy Mountain models. Yeah. Um, are these papers kind of like the ones that he's doing with the stone print on them, where they're a textured paper, like the brick um, has a almost a faux brick texture to it? No, it's not a texture in the sense that if you touch it. Okay. But it is if you, if you look at it. It's deceiving <laughs> when you see it. That's why I had to ask. Yeah. As a matter of fact, Jeff Grove with Carolina Craftsman Kits, who you just had on, he actually did some for him for his, I guess you'd call it a building foundation, but I don't remember what kit it was. Uh-huh. But it literally, just looking at it, 
it, yeah. it does. It looks like you're going to touch it, and it's going to have texture, and it really well, doesn't. And that's what I'm thinking about. Like, uh, So I'm looking at the model texture print that you have for the brick wall. Um, yeah. I mean, in a, in a big city, you know, like, well, not even a big city, but the small towns like our, our local town up this way in Mechanicsburg, when you're walking through town, uh, oftentimes the foundations, which would have just usually been an ugly cinder or an ugly blo- like old block, they're covered with a red brick that go down to the ground to the ground level. Right. Um, it, it would be in addition to those other textured papers which we've talked about before. This is a perfect kind of thing where you can add it in places where you're not. I mean, I wouldn't probably do a whole structure with paper if it was a large structure um if especially if it's like a focal point but like you said with with jeff grove this is this is perfect for placing in little areas maybe in like an entryway where you want brick on the inside of an arch or um things like that because who's going to look in there that close and honestly i've seen some stuff printed on paper from you and from some other people that is just mind-blowing when you look at it from five feet away it's just crazy that brick brick print is really cool i know well that's what i'm thinking you look at it and and it's 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 awesome how detailed these prints can be now oh yeah well i have a thing that i i had worked on a while back and my goal was to sell it but i never got around to doing it and wait it was taking the brick texture and the one i'm thinking about right now is kind of a like a beige brick mm-hmm. and i applied it to uh basswood and I actually set that on the laser and cut out the window openings ah. on the laser. So it's cutting through the print and it's cutting through the basswood to be able to use as a front wall or a fascia. And then I would add the windows in. And I'm, and I'm telling you, to me, it, it looks real. I, I, I believe you because I've seen some people do some stuff with paper, full paper models. And they look ridiculous. They look so yeah. – you even have to, sometimes you get so close you have to actually touch them. To like, yeah. to, to believe yeah. it's not yeah, I like. Think if you if you put enough detail on it and you do your other detail items on your building and don't just leave it, you know, a brick wall with some windows, right? But it's your wires and your you know electrical boxes and gas meters and things like you that. You could fool the eye. It'd probably be very convincing. Yeah, I hey, I I believe it. I've seen like I said, there's you get on. I don't know how much you're on Instagram. But uh, there's some modelers that are on Instagram, even in larger scales, that do stuff with paper models that's just mind blowing. Yeah. So I'm uh, I will bow to paper models from now on, just when they're done <laughs> like that, because the, it, well, and it is, it goes back to the technology that's in yeah. printing now. You're in the printing industry, between your backdrops, yeah. which your backdrops are super HD. We've seen them in person at the shows. Um, you can see them on your website. They are just like they're crystal clear the way that you can print stuff now. So. Yeah, well, it's funny because I get a lot of people when I when I start building these layouts or dioramas, and they ask what structures I'm going to use, and I say that it's all, it's all going to be scratch built, and they're like, well, why don't you use so and so's kit? Well, <laughs> this kit would look great on there, and it's not because I don't want to use somebody else's kit. I, I'm not a kit manufacturer. Those right. kits that I have are just kind of an adjunct on the website, but I want to build these because I like experimenting with the different mediums you know the right the printing and, and the, the basswood the foam and things like that and see what i can come up with so it's really a an experiment that i'm doing and it's not that i don't want to use other kits no i get it now, of course i would i would use my you know friends kits like jeff because mm-hmm. you know we're good friends but mm-hmm. you know i'm not going to go out and search a bunch of kits just to fill the layout up you right, know, right. you want to get the right ones you things. yeah well and i mean what's more fun than having a stack of lumber Laying beside you, and you can, you can look over at it and go, "What am I going to turn that into?" Like, 
there's something fun about there's something fun that's, about having a scale that's a lumber. Builder, yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm a kit guy. I like scratch building. I just did one for a patron just last week, but and, and I like doing them. Um, but Brett's the creative one with that, and uh, and, and, and yeah. to each his own. Everybody's got his own style like that, but um. I like doing them both. I like uh, like trying. Every now and then, you got to you got to you know put down the kit and go. Yeah, I got I got to slap something together myself. I got all this extra stuff sitting here. Speaking know. of, um, and I, I just want to transition back over to what you said real quick before I forget about it. You were bringing up Jeff Grove, and uh, I did like the little joke you threw in there into the beginning of Jeff Grove's tour layout video with. Um, yeah. The quilting room where you were talking about Jeff's quilting. That was like, <laughs> yeah. I had to laugh about that just because Jeff, Jeff had, we had him on the show and he was talking about his wife's quilting room. And, uh, and yeah. I get, then you see that big, which is a beautiful, huge quilt. And, uh, <laughs> you had a little jab at Jeff about his quilting. So, but well, I've known Jeff a good long time and I've known his wife, Kendra. And but mm-hmm. to be honest with you, I never knew she did quilting until I went over there. It was, well, from that little preview I, you got that you showed on there, it was a huge quilt. So, more power oh, to yeah. her. So we um we talked a little bit about your backdrops and your scenery, and um I kind of want to transition over to your YouTube page because there's a lot of interesting stuff on your YouTube, and you've been doing it for like five or six years now. So yeah, um you do you do your you talk about how to position your backdrops, and we we know. Um, there's a bunch of backdrop videos sprinkled in there, but I'm also interested in some of your technique videos with weathering and weathering track. And you did one oh, on, yeah. you did one, uh, on that I was really interested in on, um, weathering a, let me find it again real quick. I bookmarked it. Yeah. Weathering your, um, a simple method to weather a, uh, a car, a railroad car. And, uh, oh, yeah. that was, I mean, there's just, you have a lot of tips in there that are more than just backdrops. So I, I, I'm guessing you have fun making these videos cause I have fun watching them and, and they're energetic. They're not boring. A lot of times you'll run into model railroading tutorial videos and some of them are like, Oh, I'm going to fall asleep. So <laughs> I just like your, your enthusiasm in them. They're fun. Yeah. It keeps you, it keeps you in it the whole time. And then of course you have a whole cast of, ca- of, of actors and actresses. <laughs> To help you out because uh, I see other people in your videos and, and you, you it, it's awesome. It's uh, it's great how you do it. Well, it's no fun if you can't share the hobby, right? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, and that's what um, we we do some YouTube videos. Uh, I'm in the middle of like a mini series on YouTube uh, of like just doing a craftsman kit from start to finish because we've had people ask us. Uh, they do. They do. Like they'll do plastic Walters kits or stuff, but we've even met people at shows that are hesitant to still do a craftsman kit. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just you you can get the instructions, but it's some something different to see someone do it and break it down into the simple yeah. steps because everyone can do it. It definitely seems intimidating. It, right. it really does. Even for for myself that has been scratch building for years. Yeah. When I see a the pieces of a kit, and I think it's the the fact that. You didn't design that, and you don't know where everything goes. Mm-hmm. So you have this fear that you're going to leave something out and get too far along, and then you can't go back. Right. Yeah. But that's not the way it is. But I, but I was going back. So not necessarily our videos, but what I was going back to was uh, you were saying to have fun with it. And uh, 
I always try to just kind of be a little unorthodox with my videos and just do it on the fly. And mm-hmm. it's almost like ripping a bandaid off. You just hit record and whatever happens on it, unless it's like, <laughs> obviously, you're not going to put something up that's like really bad. Yeah, you've had yeah. some goofy. But, some you know, sometimes I'll just throw something across the table because I'm not, I'm done with this and I'll just toss it. And I notice yeah. you have some of those tendencies not to do that. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's kind of just like, you you know, you can tell you're going with it and whatever happens in your video, sometimes it just goes. And that's that's what's fun about it. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's been times that I've thrown stuff out, especially <laughs> especially rock molds and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. You know, you're trying to film and you're doing this and that. And then all of a sudden you're like, what the heck is that, man? Yeah. And I have to throw it on the floor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, now, no, go ahead, Dan. No, no. I, I, my, one of, my ultimate favorite one of his is the real dirt. The real dirt one, where he was going through the blender, and uh, and then his wife was, uh, you know, telling him he can't get the blender, and uh, yeah, and then you, yeah, you you have a whole series of those where you you, and what's what's cool about your videos is you're doing it in an economical way, right? Um, to where people aren't having to spend a fortune on stuff to go buy it and make it themselves, or you know, they're making it themselves on items that are household. Uh, or yeah. easy to pick up somewhere at a relatively cheap price. And yeah. I love that part, yes. That's where that saying comes in, think outside the box. And mm-hmm. I always say that because not everything you need comes in a box. Not everything is for sale. Right. You have to be creative and think of it yourself. And, and you know that's what? really all it is. It's not a matter of me trying to be frugal. It's just trying to find a way. be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurry a lot. And just like Jeff Rose <laughs> says, he's impatient. I'm impatient where if I want to do something today, I don't want to have to wait and go to the hobby shop tomorrow and then come back and start messing with it again. I try to find things around the house that I can use, and that's where that came from. It's almost like, uh, this is a really corny, and you're going to laugh at this one, but it's almost like, I'm sure you've seen it, and we're not affiliated with them, this is not an ad, but that J.G. Wentworth song, that you need, if you need a structured settlement and you need cash now, call J.G. Wentworth, you know? But, uh... uh but the the uh, it's almost like I want to build a model and I want to do it now, and then you just go out and you just find whatever you need to around your house to build that thing. You know, yeah. you I don't want to order it and then wait a week and then I want to do it now. Like the idea is fresh now, I want to do it. Yeah. I have that often. And but his uh, techniques are his techniques are producing a beautiful well scenery product. You know what? It goes back to what we talked about with George too, because. Um, yeah. You know, he uses real dirt. He uses real sticks, and, and you sometimes you just got to go out in your yard and pick some right. stuff up and and use it for scenery. Or yeah. you know, it, and and oftentimes that looks better than getting in the Walder's catalog and ordering whatever from some scenic, yeah. you know, uh, whatever it is. And and uh, I didn't want to drop a name isn't, of a big company, yeah, well, but <laughs> isn't that funny that when when I was a kid. The, the model product selection was very slim. I mean, mm-hmm. for scenery products. And now we have so many different varieties of everything, but yet we still can find ways to do it without buying stuff. Right. Now, that, you know, of course, that, that fuels the hobby, and you know, you, there's things you have to buy. But there's right. some things that you just can't beat, like dirt. You're, right. you're, unless they sell dirt, you're not going to beat dirt because it's dirt. Well, know? and without dropping the... Uh, the name of the manufacturer. Oh, I'll do it anyways. It's, it's uh, they're, they're uh, a big one. Who cares? Yeah, the, I, use their, I use some of their products. Yeah, but yeah. They, yeah. They, this won't hurt them. But there's a bag of... We were at... Where were we, Dad? We saw the bag of sticks. Yes. From, and yeah. like... Okay. That's what it was. It was a bag of sticks. Like you could <laughs> you could have walked outside the store and got a stick 
and had the same bag of sticks. Like logs? Like they're supposed to be logs or something? No, yeah, this was yeah. this was down trees. It was not logs. Uh, we were, they have a bag of logs as well. Yeah, this was like yeah. sticks. It was real sticks. And I was like, I can't believe they're selling that for yeah. eight bucks yeah. for a bag of sticks. But you know, it's it and it. You know, but some, someone buys it, and then, like you said, Joey, that, the fuels it does fuel the hobby, so you have to keep you do well, have to buy some I think stuff. It depends regionally where you're at as well. I mean, not that you can't get sticks in a big city or something, but I imagine going into Manhattan if you had a layout in Manhattan. <laughs> true, it might, true. It might be tough to go grab up a bunch of sticks, or you might get in trouble from breaking a stick off of a business's yeah. tree out front. So right. now, well, Joey, you know, when I when I first did that video on the dirt, I got so much flack. <laughs> so there's people talking about, oh, you're, you're going to find bugs in there, and you're going to find metal and all this stuff. And I'm thinking, where are these guys digging dirt? In a vacant lot in Brooklyn, yeah, maybe, you know, but not out in, in the middle of Virginia or West Virginia. In my backyard, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, we live in central PA near Harrisburg, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're in a a rural area, but there's lots of dirt and trees and woods and fields and everything else. We can pick up this stuff, and we're not getting bugs in our stuff. You know, and we are, yeah, we, we're, we're sifting through the dirt. I, I mean, I got the, the best dirt I've been able to find came from my own backyard, and, um, and we use dirt all the time, but, um, you know, your concepts of how you applied it were awesome, because you, you did like a paint glue mix, and I've not seen anybody do that. I've seen people use glue. I've seen <laughs> yeah. people use paint. But I've never seen anybody mix paint with glue like that and apply it. It was really cool. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But um, and lots of hairspray. You, you, you're, you're too <laughs> cool. you a lot of, I think you buy hairspray by the skin or something. Yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah, I <laughs> but, yeah, that was, that was an awesome video. And the weeds one was good. I love the weeds when uh, and, and and for Brett and I, we're at that stage right now in our layout where we're doing that kind of scenery now. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was looking at through it. This you know, I'd looked at many times over the year, um, thinking, oh, we're we're almost we're that we're about at that stage right now. We're about that stage. And then five months <laughs> later, you're saying, oh, hey, we're 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 about at that stage right now because you never really quite get there. Well, we're we're there now. And um, so. You know, we looked at it several times, and I want to apply a lot of these methods uh, because I, I really think they turned out beautiful. And one of the cool things I saw with your, and I don't want to overtalk you guys, and this is Joey's episode here. Yeah. But, but uh, the he did a video. You did a video on bushes and vines, or vines and bushes, and mm -hmm. and one of the cool things I saw about it that you talk about that nobody else ever does is above the rocks, and everybody's got some rocks on their layout, you know? Um, yeah. You have the vines that are hanging down over the tops of the rocks. And and you see it on any type of cliff area or in the yeah. woods or, you know, when you're driving through the mountains, especially out there in West Virginia, you're driving through those mountains and uh, on your way, we go to West Virginia football games twice a year, uh, once every two years, I mean. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you have all those cutways through the mountains and you have the, the cliffs and you have that, You'll have those bushes and vines coming out off the top of a lot of this, and nobody ever, nobody models that. A lot like, and it's the most natural looking thing, and I, I we've got to do it. it. The the, it was it was really beautiful and well thought out. I've not seen a lot of other people's cliffs and rocks <clears> and things like that uh, have the, the vines and the bushes at the top that hung over. And uh, yeah, you did that all with a a, a, a filter from a furnace filter. Yeah, furnace filter, hairspray, 
and then your your favorite color, uh, whatever Woodland Scenics or the other brand, sprinkle it on. <laughs> Try different textures. <laughs> I, I, lately, I've been using a lot of the, uh, and I don't know where it's from. Maybe uh, Denmark or Holland or somewhere. The knock. Yeah, we, yeah. we use some of that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of my favorite things to use. Right. Now I think. I'll find out because I'm, I'm at some point here. I'm starting this scenery on this HO layout, and I want to see how fine I can get that stuff to look. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the now with the furnace filter, do you paint? Do you paint? I can't remember. I have to go through the video again. Did you paint it first before you? Before you? Yeah, put because the- otherwise it's that like neon nuclear yeah. green right. or blue, whatever. Gotcha. Yeah, we don't want to do that. But um, <laughs> hey, some somebody might, you know. I mean, hey, but um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's like I said, those the, your videos are cool, and they're cool in a different way. It it covers a lot of ground the way you do it. You cover every step, and you do it all in a span of anywhere from you know five minutes to thirteen minutes. It's in that yeah. range, and and you go any further than that on videos sometimes, and you'll just you know it's too long for some people. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, there's going to be a complainer in every batch. Yeah, we every video you do, there's going to be someone complaining, whether it's oh your microphone's terrible, or, oh just get to the point, stop making jokes, and yeah, you know, you name it, you name it. Well, they need to make a YouTube channel then. How about that? <laughs> exactly. We get we get it we get it every episode with people on the podcast. If you create something, someone's going to complain about it. But the right, deal yeah. the just, deal is. Just, uh, Hey, yeah. How about you do it, Dan? Do you go? You know, yeah, we, we don't we don't say anything. We just shrug it off. It's, it's what it is. So. Yeah. But now, well, you know, when they start paying me directly, then they ah, yes. complain about the microphone or whatever. <laughs> yes, exactly. I, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I try. Exactly. You know, I, sometimes I take it into account, and yeah. if I think it sounds terrible or something like that, I'll I'll try to make I mean, a fix. Some constructive criticism is is always good. Uh, mm-hmm. So if if you if you start to notice a lot, you know, hey, uh, sounds like you're talking through a paper towel tube. Maybe you want to change something up. But uh, you know, for the most part, you can but, you can weed through that. Well, what, and I do I do read all the comments. I read all the comments. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if somebody says something ridiculous that's not even relevant to the video itself, I you know I usually delete it. But you know, most of the time I'll respond to somebody, and if they ask a question or you know, I'll, I'll try to get in there and be interactive with them. Yeah. Now the other the one uh, one last thing I'll talk about on these uh, how to videos is um, shoot I almost lost I lost my train of thought there for a second we 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 kind of been bouncing all over the place uh, but with the uh, I'm gonna have to edit this one again. never mind we're gonna come back to it you know I mean that's <laughs> all right that's all right that's why this isn't live I had in my head I had my head there and. It, and uh, you know it, it is. You know, I, I think we we kind of touched on it already. It was uh, the you know the um, the humor and everything that you put in it makes it bearable to go through. But then, like yeah. I said, you're covering everything through the course of that video. But I, I don't think that's what I was going to say. It was actually more pertinent than that. Yeah, but we'll get. Yeah. To, it'll come to me as we go. So. Well, let's uh let's kind of transition into like you know what what Joey what you like to do. Uh, as far as your layout and your modeling, um, like uh, locale and theme. Yeah, like let's get into a little bit about kind of what you're working let's, on. Let's and scale, what scale do you like the most? Yeah. <laughs> well, the spruce coal and timber layout, you know, the ON30 layout that most people are familiar with, was a fictional short line based in West Virginia, up on the old Western Maryland, kind of that area, spruce, Cass, 
if people are familiar with that area. I tend to model mostly eastern Appalachian roads, that sort of thing. I don't know why, maybe because I'm from the area or it just it's near and dear, you know, a mm-hmm. memory to me. But I don't know. The, you know, the coal mines, the small towns, the flavor of a time gone by, that's and that could be anywhere. That could be from Vermont, you know, through New Hampshire, you know, the rural areas. I'm not talking about the cities, but all the way down through, you know, Pennsylvania into West Virginia, North Carolina. I just, I love that scenery, and, and that's what I like to model as far as scenery goes. Yeah. It's, for us, that's a special, we, we love all that as well, that whole area. Um, you know, it's all beautiful. I, you know, like I said, we told you we made that trip out. We make that trip out. We're Oklahoma Sooner fans, so every every uh, every two years we go out to West Virginia and watch the game. And uh, but it's a beautiful drive out through there. And the only thing gorgeous. about that drive that's not fun is 68 in Maryland. Yeah, uh, yeah. Up and down, up and down. Oh my gosh! It never and you can't. There's no straightaway. You can't. It's just a curve. It's a giant but curve. Gonna, <laughs> but if I was going to model something, I wouldn't oh. mind modeling Columbia. Uh, is it Columbia? Oh, is that that town there in in where? Maryland? Columba. Uh, Columbia, Columbia, Columbia. Baltimore. No, no, it's not Columbia, Dad. What is that? I'm looking. Columbia um, is almost where Howard Zane lives. Oh uh, no, no, it's, it's not, not that. It's not that. It's Cumberland, oh, Cumberland, Maryland. Cumberland, Cumberland. Cumberland. Maryland. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah, yeah, Cumberland, absolutely. And the old buildings and such in there, and it's you know they the, the, they have the you know the ghost signs on the brick walls, and it's just really cool. And you see that all from the highway. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. Another one would be West uh, in West Virginia. We like would be we're Civil War bus too. So Harper's Ferry is is uh, another oh, yeah. one would be cool to model. You know, and Cumberland it's also- is my Cumberland is my favorite town in Maryland, and it's it's really so much different than the rest of the state. But when I worked for CSX out of Baltimore, we went up to Cumberland a lot for training when it was you know a big hub, and we I just love that town up there. It's so yeah. neat. It's just in the middle. Of the, it just pops up on you too. Like yeah, it's just like boom. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Down the highway. It kind of has a little Altoona flavor to it. You kind of mm-hmm. that same Johnstown Altoona. Yeah. That sort of flavor to old it. steel town kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm guessing her industry was steel. Yeah. Right. I don't know too much about Cumberland, Maryland, as far as and history of, of it. But of course, the Shenandoah Mountains are just absolutely gorgeous. So, so it's it's real easy to, uh, especially if you live close by, to be able to. You know, to look at that and, and you know get ideas about your modeling, and, and uh, yeah. it's a great incentive, sir. So, I was going to say, so what? Um, what's the? We we kind of got into the region that you do, and you. I'm guessing your layout's probably HO scale. Well, I have the one that's HO, the double helix layout, right? The, the fixed one, not the one I'm bringing to the show. But that, yeah, and if you, if you want to say where I'm modeling, it can be anywhere rural. It doesn't have a place. But it's, it, the problem that I have is, is picking a road, and that's why uh. I, start, I started doing that fictitious Spruce Cole and Dimmer thing, because mm-hmm. I didn't want to say, oh, it was B&O, or oh, it was Western Maryland, because there's certain things I like from each road. All right. You know, at least locomotives and cars and even caboose. Yeah, and by doing a fictitious railroad too, you're kind of um, you're lo- you're more free to do whatever you want. Then you know it's yeah. not just with the railroad lines, but with um, 
with with anything you're doing as far as the city and it just kind of it sparks a little bit more of that creative the creative in you so yeah now ours we're not picking we do have real model railroad lines i'm mean, not model railroad lines we have real railroad lines in the city that will be running but they're not um it's not we, a, but it's so just a made-up city. city, so I mean, we could yeah. have new, whatever. We could have a Pennsylvania and a Baltimore, B and O, or we're just gonna. We're, we don't really care what line we're running. We're just <laughs> we're just gonna be running them. But uh, yeah, we, we don't have. There's no there's no rhyme or reason to what we do. It's just, now, just, um, you 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 alluded to this at being at the show. Can we talk about your helixes? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's get into the that new, a little bit. The new world's lightest helix. The world's lightest helix. I, <laughs> yes. <laughs> It is pretty cool. It started out as a an experiment, like we were talking about with all the modeling, the different kits and things. It was just a, an experiment to see. I, actually, I started doing one in Z-Scale, and I never finished it, but I was doing it in Basswood because it was so small I wanted something for the front counter here in the shop. And I started doing it. I said, well, you know what? Why make this Z-Scale? I could probably do this. And I had all this gator board back here that we use in the shop for signs and stuff. And I said, well, let me put that on the uh, the laser. And I put it on there. I started cutting, and I said, well, this is a breeze. And I started putting the pieces together. And I'm not joking. Within three hours, I had a four or five loop helix, and that's what you saw in that yeah. video, the world's lightest helix. That I'm was done awesome. on the fly. I literally, the same, it might have been the day before, I started drawing these files in Corel Draw. You know, where I basically just took my uh, my radius of track, and then I added some, you know, the sides to it to get the right cut that out but you know what i meant yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes I'll, I'll cut that i lost track I'll that one. yeah but I, I really i did that on the fly and i did it in such a short time and i st- i created those riser pieces and i just stuck it together and then i was like wow and i picked it up and i was like let me go get that scale and then i said hey this would make a great video right so it wasn't planned it wasn't something i said oh I'm going to start selling Gator Board <laughs> kit just, just, you know, out of the blue. Right. So so these are entirely made out of Gator Board, and they are going to be cool. something that you're selling, correct? I, I am I am researching the the, <laughs> the feasibility of it. It's a okay. feasibility study. Let's put it that right. way. Okay, yeah, that makes and sense. I've had, you know what, I've had so many people contact me thinking these are kits already, then I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm looking into it. We're researching. Please let me know when. Please let me know when. So I sat down with my wife, and I said, look, this could be something people want. And, you know, anything I do, I never do it with this thought of, oh, we're going to make a million dollars selling Right, healing. right. But it's fun to sell, sell stuff that you create and watch people do something with it. So I said, you know what? The thing is, if I do this, it's going to take a lot of extra time. And it's going to take a lot of extra space. So that's really the conundrum. It's the space and time. Same thing with any layout you build. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have the space. You're going to have the time. But it, it, to be honest with you, once I cut these big pieces down, these 48 by 96 pieces into manageable pieces that fit on the laser, and I'm able to cut out the you know the, the radius sections, it's really not that hard. It's just time consuming. Right. So after doing that, I've done the two that are on the fixed layout. The two that I'm bringing to the show, and then the small end scale version of it. And to be honest, I, I think it's something I can do. It's just finding the right way to do it. Right. And that all stems into, you know, look, this HO helix is 22 inch radius, 
and everybody on that one website message board lit me up about, oh, it's too tight of a curve. And you saw the video, so you mm-hmm. know yeah, yeah. what these people are saying. And you gave it a test. You tested yeah, you, everything yeah, on that. Yeah, we tested it. In the in the uh, in the SmackDown video, yeah, but, yeah. You know, not everybody's good. Not everybody wants a twenty-two inch radius. I understand that, but the thing is, what do they want? Do you want a twenty-six inch radius? Do you want a thirty? Because I can't offer something in every size. Yeah, and especially not something that you can keep in stock. Right. So it really comes down to when I go to the show, I want to sit down and talk with people and ask them, okay, if you were buying a Helix kit, what radius would you use? And then just take a bunch of notes and come back and, and go from there yeah and, and uh i think that's i think that's awesome the idea of it is neat because now let's say this let's say this was already a kit in, in production yeah, yeah we're we're just put just to put this in here okay but it's um one of the things on my road range that intimidates people the most with track lane and layout design would be a helix uh, oh, absolutely okay so here you're offering a way that hopefully was not going to be at all intimidating at all. It, it looked not intimidating to me whatsoever. And yeah, I literally, and this is, this is no joke. Today is what Thursday, the 20 Wednesday, the 23rd mm-hmm. last Saturday, whatever the date that was Saturday, the end scale version of this did not exist. <laughs> I came. I came home from what I was doing Saturday afternoon. Started drawing in Corel Draw, and by Sunday afternoon, I had all the pieces cut for a. I want to say it's a 14-inch rise, eight, uh, eight, eight and a half loops or rings. You want to call it eight and a half mm-hmm. rings. And this is 11-inch radius. This is for end scale. Right. And I had this thing built, and then it was like, okay, am I going to be able to get the track in time? So then I got some in, you know, I ordered some track in, I think it was 50 pieces or so of N-Scale Code 55 Flex Track and had track on those Helix and had it running Tuesday afternoon. Oh, Oh, my word. Yeah. (laughs) 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 And I even bought two scale trains, uh, N-Scale locomotives, to to, to fit on this, but I don't know if I'm going to bring those to the show. (laughs) That's that's incredible. You were moving at uh, light speed on that one to get that done. That's uh, I, I was, and I, I pissed my wife off a number <laughs> of days here. <laughs> I, I, well, that's the thing. We've never that done that. Never, none of us. Never, none of us have well, ever no. done that as a modeler, right? Yeah, piss off that? our wives. None of us have ever done that as a model railroader. Is is upset yeah. our spouses with too much <laughs> work. Yeah, that's something new. Yeah. Well, now I remember what I was going to say. Remember, it took that one thing to trigger it. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. The cool thing that I love about his videos, and I think it's what makes your videos very unique and special, is that got most all guys, especially us married guys, we can all relate to getting into trouble by using things in our home that we probably <laughs> ah, shouldn't be using. You know? I've been down there. We've and, talked about that yeah, on the show a couple times. So when times. I watch Joey's videos, and I've always felt that way, I'm like, you know, I can totally relate with this guy entirely because <laughs> I've been chased out yeah. of the kitchen. I've been, you know... I've been made fun of for gathering sticks and things in the woods and bringing them in the house, you know. But <laughs> if you watch any of my, you know I don't, I don't get away with anything because she had, she well, they're, they're grown now, but she had three boys, and she's a teacher. Oh so yeah, she doesn't put up with anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. My wife's a fifth grade English teacher, so uh, oh, she's boy. got twenty five whatever 11 year olds all day every day and i don't, I don't she's got to deal with another one another 
adult with an 11 year old mind whenever she comes home yeah so but uh no if you watch i act in the videos is is the way i act in real life i mean i'm i don't, I don't put on any airs so she yeah oh, so it's good. like you know she she just has another kid right i think that all of our wives all of our wives could probably say that if they were on here yeah but if you watch our youtube videos uh joey you'll see i'll have um a bright hot pink hair dryer that I use, um, and it's got a big giant flower on the side I of it. That. We, we have we have absolutely no shame by the it's way. On, it's on it's on it's on a couple of my my painting technique videos on YouTube, and uh, you'll you'll see I'll I'll intentionally now bring this obnoxiously hot pink hair dryer in the scene and, and uh, show it off. But uh, the Jason it's a Jason Jensen hair dryer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he uses them for his videos, and, and we always tease she, him about it. So. Every time she gets new, like um, you know, new things upstairs, I'll just try to like figure out. Oh, I wonder if I could take the old version of that downstairs and use it for something. Yeah. So the one. I'm- Go ahead. You know, go the, ahead. The funny, the funny thing is, you know, I'm my own boss and I own my own business. Mm-hmm. But I'm literally like a little kid <laughs> when I know she's coming in the back of the shop, and you know, I'm on eBay or I'm on Train World, <laughs> you know, looking at stuff or or whatever. I could be looking at pictures of of layouts or you know, it's really embarrassing. And she's she's a PhD doctor, by the way. Okay. So she's educated, and I just don't think she understands when. I'm sitting there at the kitchen table, and she's she knows I'm on YouTube, but she'll hear the train whistle, you know, the train horn. Uh-huh. She goes, "Oh, you watching a train?" You know? <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. She knows I do this, but it's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's almost like we're little kids, you know, trying right. to get away with. Or like, yeah, like you, like you're, uh, you're, you're, like you're still trying to make it not seem like you're playing with trains and she knows it just you just keep rubbing it in or something you know oh man and if, if i start talking about it if i start talking about trains and stuff the eyes at least at least it gives the i get the eye rolls you know yeah. oh my word like oh my god here why. we go i don't know why but i feel the need when i buy stuff yeah like it's not her money it's my <laughs> money she doesn't care one way or another right. she would tell me i'll buy the best thing out there but i still feel compelled to say oh i bought this and i bought this and i bought this <laughs> she doesn't react to it you know yeah yeah oh hey this is we're, we're like we've turned this into like an airing of the grievances of uh model uh, model railroading with our yeah. spouses but no i think it's fun and and um my wife likes it because because I'm home. It's a hobby that I can do at home, and the girls come downstairs, and the older one comes down and paints with me. So it's it's a, it's a lot of fun, even though they rib us about it. At least I think they still enjoy that. It's it's well, here. The biggest benefit is when when we travel. She knows that trains are going to be involved in some way, shape, <laughs> or form. And I mean, it could be anything. She likes history, so a lot of times when we go places, we go to the historical, you know, where there's historical railroad stuff and that sort of thing. So it makes her happy as long as as long as we include something of historical interest. She's happy. Right. That's that's great. That's cool. Then we're 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 big history freaks too, both Brett and I and our and our wives. So, but uh, yeah. So. Joey, real quick, um, you, I know you've listened to the show before, but we have a couple questions from our patron listeners, if you don't mind uh, me floating them by you. We have three patron questions. So, <clears throat> we'll start with Ken A's. Ken said that... Oh, man, he wrote a big one. Uh, I'll come back to that one. Sorry, Ken, I'm going to come back to yours at the end. generic? 
What's that? Generic questions or questions they're asking? These are for you. Okay, specifically. Yeah, so real quick, uh, if you guys aren't familiar with this, our patrons, um, probably, you know, either the day of, if I forgot, or the day before, I'll go on our patron only Facebook group page and float a question out and I'll say, hey, tonight's guest is, is Joey Ricard from, you know, Trackside Scenery or whoever it is on for the night. Uh, let me know if you guys have any questions. And that's only for our patrons to be able to ask questions of, of, the, of the guest. And uh, every now and then we get a nice long one. So I'll come back to Ken's. I'm sorry, Ken. I'll come back to yours. Um, but Matthew, uh, Mark Riome is saying, I love Trackside Scenery budget videos. So we were talking about those earlier. Uh, are there techniques, though, that you found that can't be done with just budget materials? And then he's got a second part. Um, but, it, you know, sometimes we had talked about that you just have to go buy a thing to do whatever you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Um, a- absolutely. There's a lot of things that you can't do with just budget materials. And I'm going to say it's it's involved in almost anything you do. Now, trees and things like that, there's... There's different versions you could do it. I think, to be honest with you, a lot of the newer super trees and things like that are just outstanding and fantastic. And it is hard to find something in the budget world to actually compete with that. I mean, maybe maybe we could fool with it and do it, but time versus money, mm-hmm. that's probably the best way to do And there's, there's probably a million examples I could give yeah. you. But, yeah, definitely, there's a lot of things you're stuck Right, you know, right now doing it unless unless you want to spend the time experimenting. Right, um, time versus money. Yeah, it's totally. It's it's how much more time do you want to spend, or is it easier just to go buy a ten or fifteen dollar thing and do it quicker? Um, yeah, exactly. Um, when should modelers not spring for the cheapest thing? When it comes to something, let let me let me uh, let me think about that. When it comes to something that is mechanical mm-hmm. you know it's it's nice to say I, I don't think there's a lot of people that scratch build locomotives and things like that <laughs> but when it comes to enjoyment on your layout and you want to actually enjoy the fruits of your labor don't skimp when it comes to locomotives and rolling stock and, and right. things like that it's, it's nice to say you want a hundred cars on your layout but if you're running a 50 car train and you got that one wacko old-time <laughs> car with the crappy wheels or the crappy couplers and couplers is a big thing oh yeah you know, if you're skimping on that you're you're gonna you're gonna find that headache and you're gonna, you're gonna learn quick gonna find you. yeah um i also i'll add to that i think it's also sometimes nice to spring for um also when you're getting materials like um well how do i want to word it especially when you're in the modeling and you're in the building stage, it's okay sometimes to not go budget for everything and spring and get yourself a nice, um, like if there's a tool you've always wanted and you want to get that one tool, but it's a little more expensive, go ahead and get it because sometimes just getting something nice is like a nice motivator to get down and just start working because now you have something cool and and you're going to treasure that thing more and it's going to help you work more. So. Yeah, that's a good point, and 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 probably that supersedes even uh, you know locomotives and rolling stock is the tools that you build your layout with, or even your modeling stuff, your your right. fine pliers and needle nose pliers and small screwdrivers and micro tools and things like that. Don't skimp on that. You're right. That's you can, good. I mean, you can get away from with Harbor Freight and those kinds of things for quite a bit of mm-hmm. stuff, but when it comes down to uh, especially like lighting or cutting tools, I like to have nicer things because i feel like it's going to last longer it's going to give me a better work area 
So I mean, when it when it comes down to this, the, the, the word I was looking for before is I use a lot a lot of analogies, mm-hmm. and the analogy I have for that question is. As a model railroader, you know, you're a hobbyist, but you're also a fabricator. Right. And you think of a fabricator in real life where he could be a metal worker or he could be a stonemason or something like that. You're building something from scratch. Even though it's a kit, you're building it from a bunch of stuff sitting there. Basically raw materials. Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. It's 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 a is going is it going to extend your enjoyment and b is it going to make your working time easier yeah. so okay yeah there's definitely nothing worse than watching your you know your trains on your layout and all of a sudden you have either a derailment or something comes uncoupled or uh-huh. you're having those mechanical issues yeah. or 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 every time you run it you know there's like that spot and it hits that spot and then <laughs> yeah. it, you got to fix it every time so yeah. <laughs> we've all had that nightmare but yeah, uh yeah we're not part of uh dead spots <laughs> dead spots uh-huh. or or just a weird area where it derails yeah. like every fifth time or yeah. something but yeah uh yeah so we have our next one from Jake Johnson. Uh, and some of these we did answer. So what kind of paper are your backdrops printed on? I think we went over that uh, before, but if not, if you want to touch on that quickly, that'd be fine. Yeah, hi, Jake. It's it's good to have you on the show, Jake. <laughs> I always wanted to do that. Hey, Jake, hey, thanks for calling in, Jake. <laughs> He's running the show now. Backdrop. <laughs> Jake is a, uh, Jake is a uh, modeler for Disney. And, oh, really? Um, really? Yep. Yeah, they yep. just released the, they just released a, a kit for uh, actually, it's out. It's yep. coming out. It's out now. It's the Carrollwood Farm now, kit. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah. With with um um Dave uh, oh Dave Meek. God, what is his name? We did a video. Yeah, Dave Meek. Dave Meek. Yeah. Yeah, they, yeah, they just sorry, got done yeah, doing Dave all that. Wow. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Then I've, yep. seen, I've seen that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that thing is great. So he's always got like really specific. Jake's always got really specific like kit manufacturing and and really specific uh questions on like materials and paints cuz he's yeah. he's like over on well, the uh, other side of the a very, a very specific answer is they're printed on sill s i h l pro matte finish backdrop paper well, okay. I call them backdrop paper but they're actually the same paper that you would find in museums where they're redoing reproductions of say Whatever, just say it's some historical thing, and they're doing a repo of the Declaration of Independence, oh. something like that, where the matte finish, where they don't want glare on it, but they want it to have archival, a long life, right? You know, long life museum. That's the same. That's the same papers. Okay. That we use. Um, and I think some of these were answered, so I'm going to just skim through them quick. Um, he he put a few in there. Uh, any suggestions on blending 3D scenery to the backdrop images? And I know you have a couple of videos that kind of go through that, but how do you do that transition smoothly? Get the backdrops first. The, ba- the backdrop should be the first thing you put up anyway, because then you can build this way. You're not reaching over. Rep- represent yeah. what's, what's in the real world, and then you have your model world. And if you're able to, when you do your scenery, of course, of course the hills and the terrain and all that, you can, you can do against the backdrop before or after. But then once you start doing your actual scenery, you can, you can pick your colors instead of trying to do it the reverse way. Because if you go buy a bag of scenery material and make a bunch of trees and then there's weird shade of neon green, and then all of a sudden you get the backdrops and they have a more realistic dark green tone, it's not going to match. But if you have the backdrops there, you can kind of tailor your scenery 
to match what's in the backdrop, and it'll blend better. Right. That's actually... I can see that being a mistake a lot of people probably make is they use the backdrop as an afterthought. Um, so that's a pretty yeah. that's a pretty good tip actually because I would have never thought to have built. I mean, you should build from the back forward, and 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 that's just common sense. But right. if you're if you're getting excited about doing your layout, um, that might be something is almost an afterthought, but it shouldn't be. Yeah, okay. I mean, we're all guilty that we want to get trains running, and you get the bench work together. You start setting up, you get the track, and you start running trains on it. The next thing you're putting the hills in, and then oh, I need a backdrop. I want a backdrop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's probably more of a it's mistake. It's harder to retrofit. That's probably more of a mistake you run into with, um, like a first time, a first time layout. Like, you know, Correct, someone yeah. someone realizes later now, oh, I should have put a backdrop in, and you know, it, when they move on to their second one or they add on a section, then that's something that they should probably start with from learning that yeah. mistake the first time. But um, I've had a lot of people tell me that. They uh, once they started modeling and they they got halfway through it, and maybe this might have been their first layout. They realized that oh, now I, spending so much, spending two years doing it, they've all of a sudden learned so much <laughs> that what they already built doesn't look good to them anymore. No, <laughs> they, they start rebuilding, and that's when a lot of them catch me and they say, "Hey, I'm redoing my layout, and I wanted to do backdrops, and I know you suggest doing the backdrops first. And that's good for them because that shows that they've learned. And I mean, yeah. it's a lot of time, and it's not wasted. But you know, you got you got to learn, especially if it's an early stage layout in, in your modeling career. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, we we had we had this is now our second version of a layout, and uh, I would even say it's on like two point eight because we've ripped giant <laughs> yeah. sections out of it already. It's not even what it yeah. was on version two. Because, yeah. you know, and, and that's just with anyone who has anything like this. You you learn uh, even six yeah. months from now, you're going to look back at everything you've done and go, oh, I could do that a little better this time. So, yeah. Well, I'll um, be honest. Every layout, and to be honest, I probably had 10 or 12 layouts in my life, not counting all the dioramas and things. But mm-hmm. most of them I tore down before I was finished because I didn't like the way it came out. And I thought I thought there was a way that I could do it better. Mm-hmm. Right, now, we're down there working on ours, and uh, you know, big right, chunks I'll be out. There, I'll be working on something with my head down, <laughs> not really paying attention, and I'll hear this crunch, and I'm like, "What the heck?" And I look up, and he's like, like a big old handful of whatever the scenery was with plaster and grass and everything else hanging off of it in his hand, in both his hands. Yeah. It's like I didn't like he's, that. I, I didn't like this. I just took it off. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you know, uh, yeah, and, and you know what? You have to have. You have to be not afraid to be able to do that. You know, you That's just right. gotta, you gotta be able to say, you know what, it's, it's gotta go. I know I can, I know I can do something better, and we're gonna do it. You know, and, and there, just, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that they refuse to tear down what they already did, even though, and and, and I get a lot of customers that they'll send me pictures and they're trying to fit this stream in, and like the stream bank is at a 90 degree angle and it looks like <laughs> just a, a it looks like a door. Yeah. You know, and I say, you know, you don't have any, uh, you know, uh, scenery materials on there yet. You have the hard shell and that sort of thing. Can you tear that out and make that into more of a 45 degree? And, you know, my wife always says, I don't tell people that. You know, it's like it sounds like you're criticizing them. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm just giving them some, some you know, ad- advice saying it would yeah. look a lot better if you did it that way. And right. some of them do. Some of them don't. Some of them say, you know, oh, I've already done it and I'm not going to redo it. Yeah. But it is it is what it is. And, right. Yeah. It's just a suggestion. Right. Yeah, every one of us is going to do it. You know, we all have our own way of doing things. Yeah. And, and some people are just into doing it. And you have to be able to 
be willing to take that suggestion as well and say, okay, you know, he does have a good point. However, that's yeah. not what I want. It's not what it's not what I want. Right. So. Well, and, and just just last week, uh, I was doing something, and my dad texted me about uh, the yeah. thick the the we were we were kind of whiny about that, but that's okay. I wasn't whiny. I just got right to the point about it. <laughs> I was uh, I did some I did some scenery with uh, some dirt, and I, the dirt wasn't sifted quite as finely as it probably oh, yeah, should have yeah. been. And yeah. uh, my dad mentioned something about it, and I was like, "Well, yeah, fine. It's gone. It's gone." You're like, what do you mean it's gone? I'm like, well, I get home tonight. I'm going to shop back it all out. It's gone, and I resifted yeah. it, and now we have better. It turned out you, better, anyways. So you know why I say uh, why? It's because when we do that, sometimes when he sent that to me, it's a text, and so and just like in anything else, we, we read yeah. this and we go, I can't tell his tone. There's no context. Yeah, yeah. There's no context. It's, it's just text. But and anyways. so you're, yeah. So I, that's what it was. And and us working yeah. on the one layout together, it's it gets kind of. Uh, we have to we have to do that to each other sometimes. You know, I'll see something yeah. he does, or he sees something yeah, right. I do, and you gotta Please you gotta me, say you know? it to each other because yeah. if it right. if it looks right. like crap, it's crap. You gotta tell the other yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm my own worst enemy, and I'm I'm my own worst critic. But if something doesn't look believable to me, then I can't leave it. Like I just can't. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it has I nothing to do with anybody else. It's just it, it's me. I can't leave it like that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think I think a lot of us are like that, um, especially a lot of us in the fine scale um, end of things. You know, the, the, this this niche of this hobby that yeah. we're you know, we're doing with the Craftsman Courtyard this weekend. I mean, most everybody is there. We all know, and they're, they're all probably just like us. You know, where where they yeah. they're not satisfied with that, and that's probably why they're uh, fine scale modelers. So yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the bad thing is I carry this over into our print shop where. Somebody will send me some artwork they did, and they'll ask me what I think. And I say, "Well, look, I can print anything you send me." <laughs> but you know, and I, you know, the thing is, you have to tell them. Yeah. Like, uh, so some people they they don't want to be told. They just want to here. You print this. There it is. It'll look like it looks. But I don't want someone thinking I printed something crappy or my prints are crappy. You know what sure. I mean? It all comes down to quali- quality. It's got to be. It's got to look good, or I can't right. do it. I can't be involved with it. Right, right, and, that, and that's good. It's good that you're like that because that means the product that you're going to give them is going to be a it's going to be a superior product. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, this is this is my baby. This is my creation, and I definitely can't send something out of here that isn't 100 percent. Period. Done. Finished. Right. Right. I mean, I, I I don't even know that I can count that I've ever had any complaints, other than that somebody ripped the backdrop and they have to replace it. So sometimes I'll give them a discount. Yeah. But don't tell me you ripped it when you really didn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that sounded like we might have been in that. I don't know what happened to it, Joey. I don't know what happened to it. Everyone's got one of those. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh boy. We have one last question, and I, I, I promised him I'd get back and swing back to it. It's Ken. It's Ken Ace. Ken asked, mm-hmm. um, or he said, I adopted the furnace filter method you used for making brambles and briars, and it's very effective. Um, but his question, similar to Mark's earlier, but directed towards using other advanced. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, other alternative materials uh, for brambles and briars and trees. Other than just a furnace filter, have you come across any other ones? Well, yeah. I mean, I've tried a lot of different things. I've yeah. tried, uh, what are those things called? The scouring pads? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are they? What are they? Brillo, Brillo pads. 
I've yeah. tried stuff like that, and some of that works. It's just it's it's harder to work with. Yeah. And I'm sure that if you full with you know some kind of household thing like that, you could probably come up with that or um, like the small those those to- what are those toys called that have the curly hair? I can't think of the name of it. You see it all over the place. They have like the curl the real shape. No, not a chia pet. Chia pet's a plant. <laughs> hey, that's real. <laughs> that's where the bugs are. You get bugs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's too funny. Like the oh, troll dolls, like little yeah, troll yeah, dolls yeah. and things like that. But my wife goes to yard sales all the time. That, that's just her thing. Uh-huh. She could be she could be a millionaire, but she's still going to go to yard sales because she loves finding stuff for the shop windows, and she loves bringing this stuff home to me and you know, <laughs> see if I can use it. But she finds a lot of stuff like that, old dolls and, you know, goofy, different, you know, household things. And she brings and says, can you do something with this? And she only paid like 10 cents for it, so it doesn't matter if I like it or not. Yeah. But there's probably a bunch of other things you can use. But I just find that they, the, the thickness of them is about right for modeling scale, whether it's, you know, HO, O scale, maybe even N. But we're going to find out if it'll work for N or not soon. <laughs> That's your hint. There cool. you go. I, I like it. Cool. And he has one more, uh, and I actually, we were hinting at this earlier too, or we, we kind of touched it earlier, we brushed by it quick. Um, how do you best hide shadows casting against your photo backdrop? Um, he would assume a more of a high noon sunlight when you're doing a photo shoot, but since he has, a, he, Ken's going in and saying since he models a summer, he has large modules that require summer months to take pics outdoors. So how do you... How would you um, avoid going through big, huge shadows on a backdrop since it is closer to the model? You mean physically taking the pictures outside? Yeah. Yep. I, I turn the module the modules around so it always favors the light. Which direction I'm going? Gotcha. And I know with a bigger a bigger module, or let's put it this way: when I had that layout set up in my driveway. The spruce layout. It was like I said, fifteen feet long. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't just turn it every hour. You know, so I had to do it where I was going to get the most light during the day, and I kind of had it planned out what I was going to do. But uh, yeah, you know, in June the sun is high for a long time, but like now in October, you're not going to be able to do that like you could in June. No, no. Even at noon, the, the sun is so much lower in the sky. Yeah, you you just have to plan for it, and I guess depending on where you live and where the sun is. You know, yeah, June and July, the sun's high overhead for a long period of time. And, you know, the backdrops were, I think they were 30, 32 inches at the time. So, yeah, they did start kind of shadowing after a while, and I'd have to move down a little bit lower, you know, to where I was working on. Mm-hmm. That's it, though. That's all of our questions for the oh, patrons. Questions, so if my dad's got them, fire away. <laughs> well, they're not, they're not real big questions. It's... it's um. Uh, it's our standard questions that we always ask. Oh yeah, at the end uh, of each episode. Show, at the end of the show, is um, uh, when you're working on your layout, what kind of music uh, do you listen to, or do you listen to radio, or you know, talk shows, or what? What do you enjoy to entertain you as you work? Well, up until this year, I would listen to Mountaineers games. Ah. As you found out this weekend, yes. what what the team is doing, so it, it's kind of hard to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get that. I get that. You know, I, I listen to a variety of uh, like modern rock, mm-hmm. and I do listen to some modern country, right. that sort of thing. I listen in the gym. I listen to you know heavy metal, 
Mm-hmm. Right. That sort of thing. Even even I know everybody hates it. Nickelback. I listen to Nickelback. And, oh, we yeah, love Metallica. Nickelback. I don't hate them. Metallica. We don't know yeah. why. We were talking about this. We don't know why everybody <laughs> hates them and Metallica. Whatever they have like See, sell out things. They say they hate them on those videos, but I don't know anybody that hates them. I like. Yeah. No, I like them too. And it's, it's great music to work with. Yeah. Yeah. If they don't yeah, like late that, ni- late nineties, early two thousand music, I listen to. Oh, that's great. Okay. Some country, some country. And to be honest with you, I even listen to bluegrass sometimes. Yeah, it sounds oh. like you sound like you'd fit in pretty good with our workshop down here. We have a crazy <laughs> array of music all the time. We listen to just about everything, so it's yeah, uh, yeah definitely. Um, uh, what have you been listening to this week, Brett? I've had the Metallica. It's the same. <laughs> funny he said that. I've had the same album on repeat now for like a month. It's oh, yeah. Garage Inc. from Metallica. I've just been oh, wow. stuck on that. Garage Inc. Yeah, the Garage Inc. album. So yeah, quiet album. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I love it. I've been so. doing the drop. I'm still on Dropkick Murphys. I haven't really changed since last week. So I mean, it's the same thing. I don't know why yeah. I'm into the Irish thing this week. I don't know what it is. But uh, we, we love all kinds of uh, music and stuff. But we always ask our guests, and I'm, I'm glad yeah. you have some fun with that. <laughs> Participate. We're sorry about your mountaineers, by the way. And um, I was, we, we are we, we root for the big we root for all Big Ten teams unless we're playing them as Oklahoma fans. And well, uh, well and, and unless I, I'm mistaken, unless I'm mistaken, since the Mountaineers have been in the Big Twelve, they have not beaten Oklahoma either home or away, have they? And that's been the thing every year that I said, you know what, if we're going to have a bad year, just let us beat Oklahoma. (laughs) And it it never happens. It never happens. Yes, but you you got rid of a a coach that you didn't really need, and I think that may have – although I will say he win. He won. He won football games. You know what, though? Rich Rodriguez, yeah. Uh, Joey, I look forward – I looked forward to – the West Virginia games the last four years uh, because they were always like, man, I got a kid upstairs that is throwing a fit. I don't know if you guys can hear that, but they are, yeah, they are just worked up. Someone's worked up upstairs. Anyways. Yeah. yeah, Those games each year for at least the last four years, not this year were like just shootout games. I mean, it was just crazy. The scores were crazy. So um, hopefully they can come back and climb, climb their way back into, uh, being a rival again because that was always like a fun game. I just loved that game. Yeah, it was a fun. It was a fun matchup. So. I know, and I, I was excited when they went to the Big Twelve, and then it was year after year. You know, with Dana Holgerson, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it seemed to be the theme when you ask other West Virginia fans, Dana Holgerson, <laughs> and then an eye roll and followed I, by it. I have a friend. I have a, a good friend of mine, one of my best friends, Bill Cantrell, who works for Norfolk Southern. He worked with me out of Manassas, Virginia. And he was a yard clerk, and then once they cut the yard clerks off, then he had to, you know, he had to either find a new job or, or go down to Atlanta. So he's been in Atlanta for about ten years. But he he liked Alabama, but ever since he's been down there, he's been an Alabama fan. Mm-hmm. And you know, I understand the excitement because the SEC in college football is kind of like the American League East in baseball. You know what I mean? Right. It's all the, the big hitters, you know. But he always gives me the. The run around, you know, every week he'll send me an email and say, sorry, buddy. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I like the school. West Virginia's got a cool atmosphere, so we'll be down for another game, even no matter what happens. So, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, I actually just turned into the football podcast, so thanks for anyone <laughs> that's still sticking around listening. But, uh, yeah. you know, occasionally we like to talk some sports. Um, but, yeah, I mean, do you have any more questions, Dad? 
Is my dad there? <laughs> uh -oh. sleeping, man. He fell asleep. Let me check here. Uh oh, I think he fell asleep. His computer shut off. I'm adding him again. Here, we're going to add him. Did, did Jeff Grove put him to sleep? Did I think so, yeah. I'm going to add him again. <laughs> he should be on here in a second. What happened? His thing dropped off here. Are you guys on Skype together? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me about Skype? I could have got on Skype. Oh, I didn't know you were on Skype. We're not. We don't use video because um, my bandwidth sucks. But, no, no, uh, no, no, no. I mean, no, I've, I've always uh, like, oh. cause, because Doreen travels a lot. Yeah, and we get on Skype. Yeah. Oh dang! Well, I wish I, I mean, had. We do it, you know, I can do it on the computer just with voice, but a lot of times when she's traveling, we do it over the phones and you know the video. You can barely see anything. But. What in the world? Yeah, I can't get him to come on now. Dang. Are you Are you guys done? I mean, if you guys done, that's all right. I mean. It's, yeah, I mean, uh, I, we're pretty. Um, he's calling me right now. Hang on a second. We're we're gonna wrap up. Yeah. Let me answer his phone here real quick. I'm gonna cut all this out, obviously. Okay. Hey, what's up? I just tried to add you on Skype. <laughs> yeah. Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I almost asked you the other day, and then I was there, like, "Well, I'm here. sorry." All right, he's in. We thought you I'm fell so asleep. Sorry. Now you got your video on. I can see your. Uh, nope. My uh, my, <laughs> modeling my computer for battery died. Ah. And, anyways, uh, I'm sitting here and it's and I'm talking and there's nobody. So. Well, we just finished up the episode. <laughs> okay, that's that's that's, fine. that's um, fine. No, we were just talking football when you cut out anyway, so we'll just end yeah. it on that. Okay, but, you already wrapped it up. Well, we will right now. So now okay, you're on. Good. We'll do our formal thing, and I'll chop up whatever just catastrophe just happened. Cool. So, hey, Joey, Joey, don't don't hang up right away when we when we wrap it up. I want to talk okay. to you about something for the All weekend. Right. But so here we're gonna okay. just do this. All right, so uh, I got my dad back on. He woke up from his nap, and um, <laughs> welcome back. And uh, we want to just want to thank Joey for coming on the show, uh, spending an hour and a half or so with us here. Um, yeah. And and you're gonna be down at Timonium, correct? That's right. So we'll see you there. We'll have to meet up with you and talk with you oh, for definitely. a little bit, but. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, and we enjoyed it. It's my pleasure. I had a good time. Awesome. Yes. Thanks well, again, Joey. We'll see you this weekend. See ya. Thanks, guys. All right.